0: absolutely amazing. I'm just tongue-tied
1: just talking about it. Thinking about yes, it. I'm, yes I'm a favorite
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. we oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Welcome to the Extraordinary Being Movement, where we inspire you to take action, influence you for change, and motivate you for success. Hi, I'm your host and coach, Len DeCarmine, and we have an extraordinary show tonight. We're going to be talking about mental health and the five pillars that Dr. K has to share with us. But before we introduce our guest, I need to introduce my two favorite co-hosts, the one and only, Brent Martinez. Brent, how are you today?
2: It's a blessing to be here today. Today's gonna to be a really oh. good show. I am just gonna say it because everybody is struggling with emotional health right now.
0: Fantastic, and Christopher Shiver.
2: How's it
1: going Len, um, today, uh, if I'm correct, we're going to learn about EQ. What yeah whats EQ? What what is that? What is EQ? What, what is that? And why is it important? Right?
0: Well, we're going to find that out tonight on our show with our special guest. So let's not waste any more time. I want to introduce Dr. K most high achieving entrepreneurs, professionals suffer in constant stress. And Dr. K is here to help us out. As your emotional health mentor, he helps you end burnout so you can reclaim your energy and passion for life. Dr. K, welcome to the show. Is Dr. K, are you on mute? Oh, there we go. There he is!
3: <laughs> I, I was trying not to interrupt that beautiful intro that you were doing. I had myself on mute, and I'm oh, there we go. I'm that's glad not- to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: <laughs> you're welcome. That's no problem. That's why we love our show. Things just happen. We roll with it because being human has its flaws and and that's okay. It's Absolutely. okay to have these flaws and, and move forward. And tonight you're going to be talking with to us about mental health. And like Fred said earlier, mental health is a big thing that a lot of people suffer from. And some people aren't even aware of it. So tonight we're gonna to be talking about the five pillars as well as emotional intelligence and a number of other awesome things. So where would you like to begin on this journey this evening?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, the, the title I go by is emotional health mentor. Mm-hmm. And often I get that question is what is emotional health? It's good to start with that definition. Um, emotional health is a person's ability to identify, process, and act upon feelings in specific circumstances and over the course of time. So emotional health really incorporates emotional intelligence, we talked about mm-hmm. EQ right there. Mm-hmm. So that's emotional intelligence plus emotional resilience. How do we bounce back from stress and the things that knock us off course in life? So uh, emotional intelligence, uh, that part of it, right? It's, yeah. it's the awareness of one's emotional state and those of others. Uh, especially in response to external events, external stimuli. So have you ever been around someone who, uh, especially in the face of immediate adversity, they simply know how to carry themselves, right? Uh, how to interact with others. Um, and then there's some people that in the face of adversity, they fold and they become maybe snippy or uh, very difficult to work with. So emotional intelligence incorporates that. It's It's extremely important, especially in leadership. Uh, mm-hmm. at all levels. And the other part of emotional health is emotional resilience. So this is one's ability to adjust to circumstances and recover from emotional setback. I mean, certainly 2020 was a year of massive setback for a lot of people, um, especially in, you know, the, the realm of, of em- our emotional health. Sure. And I think what you saw is that the people that were better equipped in the realm of emotional health better equipped from a standpoint of emotional resilience, were able to, if nothing else, uh, make the best out of difficult situations, right? And, and some people even figured out how to thrive. Maybe they pivoted their businesses. Maybe they, they, they took on that thing that they always wanted to do because they ended up losing their job. So they went and pursued their passion project and made something out of it. So uh, emotional resilience is key to being able to handle the craziness of the world no matter what happens at whatever
0: point in time. No, I, I love that. I appreciate you explaining that to us uh, a little bit more clear because emotional intelligence is, people don't talk about that in their daily lives. And that plays a big part in who we are and how we function because if you don't have the right emotional intelligence and understand that, grasp of that, it's hard to, you know, have a balanced life. Right? And they talk about a lot of in business and in leadership, of course, but let me ask you this. How, how can somebody day to day, just kind of improve upon their emotional intelligence or kind of, is, is there a way to explain a little bit clearer so that they're more aware, they can become more self-aware of their emotional intelligence?
3: Well, I think it's actually what you just said. Self-awareness sure. is where it starts. So uh, for instance, uh, well, we'll talk about my five pillars of emotional yeah. health here in, in a little bit. But one of them is our, our own way of thinking, our psychology, our mindset, the way we talk to ourselves. So for instance, how many times have we been in those situations where maybe we make a little bit of a mistake and we say, oh, I'm so stupid, right? Mm. Like, it's it's just so natural. <laughs> it's innocent, right? Or you just say, I'm so stupid. <laughs> but let's unpack that a little bit. Did... Are we stupid or did we do a stupid thing? It's two very different things. When you say I am stupid versus I did a stupid thing,
0: sure,
3: I am is a statement of identity. Mm -hmm. I did is a statement of action. What is more damaging, right? If we're always saying I am, be very careful about the words that come after I am because we will always take actions that are most consistent with who we believe we are. Conscious and unconscious actions. So when you're looking at building emotional intelligence, the first thing you can really look at is the language that we use to speak to ourselves because they will, words matter. They will really uncover so much about how we think, act, and feel. So the first step is to just notice those words without judgment and just let the oh, I noticed I did that. Okay. The next step would be, is there another way I could phrase that? So maybe the second thing would maybe the alternative would be oh I did a stupid thing, mm-hmm. you know? which is okay. We all make mistakes. Yeah. I was on mute when we started. <laughs> I mean, like it's okay to make mistakes. We gotta we gotta roll with them. But if there was once upon a time uh, where yes, I would have absolutely just beaten myself up for that, yeah. um, saying how could I make such a mistake? How unprofessional! Uh, I'm such an idiot. And um, you know that that was no way to live. And thankfully. We can go into my story here as well, uh, because it really does shape why I do what I do. But ultimately, yeah, when you're trying to build emotional intelligence, the first step you want to do is awareness. The first step in that is noticing the words that you use to talk to yourself.
0: No, and I completely agree with you. Language is so powerful and people don't realize that. When you were speaking, what came up to me was that childhood rhymes, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. We all know that's BS at this point because the words are more damaging than the sticks and stones really are because those words stay with you for a lifetime. Those bruises will heal. But if you don't know how to heal and you take those words personally and it becomes part of your belief system, you know, saying I am stupid, you start to believe that you're stupid. And then you start seeing things in your life to correspond with I am stupid because you now you have what's called a reticular activator going on in your mind, bring noticing more of the more, noticing more of that. It's like you wanted to go buy, a, you know, a yellow Corvette. You don't see any until you start looking to buy that yellow Corvette, and now you see them everywhere. And the same thing with you labeling yourself as something, everything you do in your world now is going to reinforce that. At times, so words are very powerful in how we use that. You know, it's something that we need to be very aware of in life. So, so, uh, Fred, what's going on, man? You got a question?
2: Yeah, I got. A, I, I want to make a comment. The sure. thing about the um, the I am here is a thing where stand-up comics have a high degree of depression that most people don't are unaware of. A lot of it, they use a lot of self-deprecating humor. And so they said, oh, I'm so pathetic. I'm this, I'm that. And because that is the quickest way to get a laugh when you're pointing it at yourself rather than deflecting it to someone else because sometimes people look at it as you are making fun of someone else. But when you make fun of yourself, everybody can make a laugh. You're making a laugh about yourself, but it does have an effect on the individual who is the stand-up comic as an example because when people are unaware of that, that when you look at... The, uh, the 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 severe depression that they go through. Just wanted to bring that up.
0: No, and, and that could be a prime example of why we lost so many great comedians to drug use and suicide and depression as well. And I know you've been a comic yourself in the past and been on stage and inter, you know been around that type those people and in, in that world. So I appreciate you bringing that up and sharing with that with us tonight, right? So, Doctor K. Tell us about this journey of yours. You know your this your life journey. What's how you got to where you are now?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So rewind about 10 years. Okay? Right. And this is where I was. I was standing at the window of my wall-to-wall floor-to-ceiling uh wall, a window at my, of my Skyrise apartment in mm-hmm. Jersey City, New Jersey, right on the water overlooking New Jersey horizon, not a building in sight of the height that I was on where I was on the 30th floor. So I got the best views every sunset, every sunrise, absolutely gorgeous. And I was uh, in my late 20s working for uh, a Wall Street investment bank. And I was in a position where I paid off my undergraduate debt. I paid Mm -hmm. off my parents' credit card debt. I was able to give more to charity than I ever dreamed that I could at that point in time. And I was a single guy in New York. So, I mean, it seemed like I had everything going for me. Except for the problem that I hated the man in the mirror. Mm. I had zero sense of confidence in me, despite the fact that my coping mechanism was always to out-achieve, right? So whether it was going to an Ivy League university, then double majoring there, then work going to Wall Street, you know, moving up to... Getting promoted as quickly as I could—all those things—to that I thought every achievement would help me feel better about myself, and and nothing ever did. Right? I hated the man in the mirror. I looked in the mirror, and I was I was uh, excessively overweight. I saw the bags filling up under my eyes. Really overworked, overstressed. And this is also during the during the uh, 2008 recession and beyond. It was an extremely stressful time to be in that industry. And um, you know, my my I was really blessed with a great career. But I found that after a while, I just realized that I wanted something else. I wanted to do something else with my life. I wanted to serve people directly on a one-to-one basis. And I had no idea what that would look like. All I knew is that I was feeling the darkness creep up in, in, in me again. And just that, that sadness and that despair on a, on a regular basis. But I didn't let anybody know on the outside. And the loneliness was just, just unbearable right? Dating wasn't going well. It was overweight. Just, I was just a, at a rock bottom in my life. And right around that time, uh, I, I saw my sister, uh, my younger sister. She came back from, from her uh, undergrad studies at, at MIT for Christmas that year. And then three months later, she came back to visit my parents for her spring break. So I went up to visit everybody. And in that three-month span, she had lost 30 pounds her skin had cleared up the cystic acne that she'd been dealing with for years. was just gone. She looked unbelievable, healthy, vibrant, happy. And I was, I was just at one of those, you ever been at rock bottom? Sure. It's actually one of the most beautiful places to be because you are willing to do anything to grow and get better and improve. You're, you don't put limits on yourself. And I knew the moment I saw her that it's like, okay, listen, whatever you did, sister, I'm going to do because clearly we're genetically similar. And if it worked for you, it'll work for me. So hesitantly, I, still, I asked her, so what did you do? You look amazing. She goes, uh, I've been eating a 100% raw vegan diet. am like, what, what? What is that? She said, I've just been eating fresh fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds, just as they are found in nature, uncooked, just apples off the tree, that sort of thing. Fresh produce, that's it. I'm like, uh, (laughs) that's crazy, Um, but I have nothing to lose, so I'm going to do it. Sure. So, and I I had this moment of clarity where I was like, normally I would just go all in and then crash and burn and fail and say, see, you know, Mm -hmm. but that time I said, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to try something different this time. I'm just going to slowly transition into it at whatever pace happens. Well, it turns out, I gradually started changing the way I eat. And then within three weeks, I was at the lowest weight I'd ever been as an adult. Wow. And that was the point where my mind just allowed itself to open up to possibilities. All of a sudden, in one flash, as I looked at the number on the scale, I realized that the body I wanted, the weight I wanted to hit the look I wanted to have the life I wanted to have. Maybe it was possible. Mm. It might've been possible. So at that point I just was living in wonder what could be, you know, as children don't put limits on themselves, right? Correct. My my mom asked me when I was a kid, what do I want to be when I grow up? Just like everyone I was, I wanted to be like Mike. I wanted to be like Michael Jordan Mm. playing basketball Little did I know I'd grow up to be a five foot eight, you know, Indian guy, probably not happening, right? <laughs> to, to be at Michael Jordan's level. But I didn't put that limit on myself back then. I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to be an NBA player, you know? So, and I felt that same level of wonder where I was like, hey, what is possible? Maybe anything's possible. Let's just see what happens. So I just quietly started, you know, eating more of my raw foods and juicing and all that stuff. And, and then, uh, you know, People at work started asking me, so hey Arthur, I see you're losing some weight. You know, can you help me out a little bit? Mm-hmm. So I just gave some recipes and whatnot, and and this blew my mind. I saw, yeah, people lost weight, but I saw type two diabetes go away, hypertension go away, cholesterol issues. I one of my bosses, uh, his doctor reluctantly took him off the statins after six weeks of eating uh eating, you know, whole plant foods. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. All I know is this is incredibly gratifying. So I was thinking, I got I to gotta do this for my career. I looked up, you know, what, what would I, I, what would I, I, I want some credentials. I want some knowledge. I want some real, I want something behind my name to show that I did the work to be, you know, able to talk about these things, uh, whether it was nutrition whether it was the, this, uh, psychology aspect of things. And I found out about naturopathic medicine mm. and, uh, I found a, you know, naturopathic medical college here in Arizona, Arizona is a, a licensed state with a super wide scope of practice for uh, licensed naturopathic physicians. And so I found out about Southwest college and naturopathic medicine. Uh, and I called up my sister and I said, okay, you know, I never really wanted to go back to school after Cornell, but what do you think if I, just set aside, leave, leave Goldman and, you know, go spend four years going to naturopathic school. She's like, you know, there's one of the best ND schools in the country is here in Arizona. Why don't you move down here? I was like, oh, she just moved here to work at Intel at the time. I was like, well, this is just serendipity. So I moved down here in 2013, uh, enrolled in medical school. And um, it, was, it was this incredible ride where I realized I was flying from New York to Arizona. And I had this realization that nobody knows me. Mm. This was an opportunity that I could completely redefine myself and nobody was going to treat me with any reflection of who I used to be. So I was on the plane and I started visualizing, okay, what does Dr. K of the future look like? Mm. Right? How does he think? How does he act? What are his routines and habits? What is his morning routine? How does he treat people? How does he talk to people? How does he talk to himself? right? How does he exercise? How does he eat? Right? What books does he read? Does he? I didn't used to read books. Then I became an avid reader. You know, oh, he'd be a great speaker. He should learn how to speak. Oh, and he would also take on all sorts of leadership roles. So for a guy that was never involved in clubs uh, in college or barely any in high school, in medical school, I said, you know what, I'm going to run for student government association president. I did. So all these things just pushing myself out of my comfort zone constantly to see what I was made of living in wonder. And in the process, happened to become the man that would attract the uh, uh, another student at the school who ended up becoming my wife a couple years ago. So uh, all of that transformation, you know, yes, there was a 100 pound weight loss journey involved. But ultimately, I still feel that It was because I started to look at myself in a different way and build that emotional health to the extent that I was able to say who I was is not who I have to be. And I was able to change my physical body, my mental state and change everything about my life. And now I'm so blessed to be able to help fellow high achievers and burnout and self-criticism and really build that unshakable emotional health that we really need so desperately these days.
2: I love it. I love it. Uh, especially when you're talking about the diet, most people don't realize what you consume in your food and what, cons- what you consume in your mind makes a big difference in your life. And the one thing that, uh, as myself, I'm an electrical engineer, and when I look at the food that you're eating, it's heavily ac- alkaline. And when you look at cells, cells are going to be moving. They're going to be electrified. When you look at the, the, the least resistance between a positive and negative electrons and how they, they interact with each other, that that's where energy is being made. So with the – because I know I have done research on the whole aspect of eating more of an alkaline-based diet, that you get more energy and you feel more vibrant. Uh, everybody that I know that I've talked to about – living like a vegan lifestyle, skin, impeccable. Uh, tons of energy. Uh, the one other aspect is trying to find a lot of athletes that are doing that. There's only a, quite a few, there's only a, some few athletes that I do know that are completely vegan. Uh, a friend of mine who wasn't on the Olympic team, that he is a vegan. You know, That's the thing is saying, how can you get the amount of protein in that, uh, to sustain a athletic life? for the body repair.
3: Right. I mean, it's, um, there's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, good uh, peer reviewed research, both from epidemiological levels all the way down to, you know, test tube studies that uh, when you look at the aggregate of data, I believe really points to if nothing else eat more whole plants, right? Like whether it's hundred percent or not, you know, even, even when I, when I will talk about here, nutrition is one of the five pillars of emotional health. Um, the people that I mentor in, in, you know, again, building emotional health, um, some people decide to go the hundred percent plant-based path, right? That's the path I'm still on. Um, but it, it not necessarily has to be for everybody. Right. But it, the point is that there is still no substitute for whole plant foods, the fiber, The, uh, you know, the short chain fatty acids that the bacteria in our gut um, uh, create from uh, consuming those, uh, consuming the fiber from plants that then have so many vast uh, effects in our body. So, um, but the, nonetheless, like whatever flavor of healthy diet uh, you look toward, the bottom line is manufactured foods, right? Processed foods, refined foods like they're not food. They're not food. You know, if, if we want this to work right, if we want every cell in our body, like you said, to work right, and you want those electrochemical gradients to work right. Um, you know, if you want every, every uh, uh, transporter protein in every cell to work correctly, uh, we need to use the right fuel, which is food from mother nature. It's there's just no way around it.
0: No, I, I love what you're, you're saying here. And something I want to take from your journey, which I want to really bring out, is that besides the health factor that was involved, but you also took on the mentality of wonder, the intention of wonder. And that started to open up new doors for you, new opportunities. And that in addition to that, you started to envision the man that you wanted to be. You know, who is this new version who, you know, you're coming, you're getting away from being on the East Coast, coming to the West Coast. Nobody knows you. Now you have a pretty much a clean slate to a point that you can be, you can recreate yourself to whoever you want to be now.
3: And and that reminds
0: me of my own journey because when I left the East Coast to come to Arizona out here, you know, I had that, I had that opportunity as well. And that's pretty much what I'm doing now with being more into being a coach and working with the guys here on this podcast. And it's just an amazing feeling when you can just step away from that other world and have a new opportunity to take on a, you know, a new way of being. But not a lot of people can do that. Not a lot of people can, you know, travel, but you can still do that though. You can still, you don't have to leave home to, to have that complete change. You can still work on yourself and be in wonder and set goals. Envision the type of person that you want to become and make those changes. And I love that about you, that you were able to do that and you're still living in it to today because it's something that is now your big why. is your your passion. Absolutely. And believe in it.
3: Absolutely. And, and, uh, you know, it's actually my tagline is stop chasing joy, begin living in wonder. Yeah. Um, Because ultimately, if we just spend all of our time chasing the things that we think are going to make us happy. And, and listen, I, I love my gadgets, right? I love my toys and that sort of thing, but I don't need them to feel a certain way about myself. I yeah. just, I do legitimately have an interest in cameras, for instance, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. That's very different than needing an object, needing clothes, needing a car to put yourself in a status in your mind that you feel good around other people. Like That's so that is chasing joy, right? Yeah. You're chasing something that you think is outside of you, when in reality, joy is simply the absence of all of those limits that we put on ourselves. And I think children are a great example of we were, we were there, right? If we really go back and think about what it was like in childhood for us, right, it's, we did live in wonder somewhere along the way we started listening to the outside world telling us who to be what to be and we lost that wonder but we're all capable of it we're all born with it it's all there you yeah. just have to sweep away the dust to discover what's truly there and once you start living in wonder you start living in hey what's possible right what is possible how can i how can i take the pain of my past mm-hmm. right the things that that were traumatic, right? How can I process them, make new meaning out of them, and then use the lessons that I've learned in the service of others? How can I contribute to those around me? How can I make the world around me better than if I were not here, right? And you start to live into that purpose. And life is never the same again, you can never go back. Um, then what ends up happening is, yes, that doesn't mean, emotional health doesn't mean that you're always in great shape, always happy. That's not what it is, right? Emotional, there are days that, you know, I get upset, annoyed. Sure. That's, it's human beings. That's what we do, right? It's emotions. What emotional health is though, is to be able to take those situations, right? Process them efficiently, properly, quickly, right? Then Mm -hmm. set them aside and move forward, continue living in wonder. So when we have years like 2020 that just completely knock everything out, listen, it might take a little extra time to grieve, you know, the life that we used to live, right? The way that things used to be. We had that, you know, when this all started, the pandemic started. Mm -hmm. But when, when you have strong emotional health, you can start to see the possibilities where others see, negativity sure. and that's living in wonder
2: yes yes you you, you brought up uh, emotional health what comes to my mind is the incredible hulk where you have the exact opposite of an individual who doesn't have that control over his emotions
3: that's a that's a good analogy i'm, I'm gonna have to explore that one <laughs> thank you for i'm gonna write that down right, there you go it's <laughs> a good call
0: yeah. And a lot of people don't have control of their emotions because a lot of people don't understand what's triggering them. Now, when I tell people, you know, I always tell people anger is a secondary emotion. There's something else causing that you to be angry and, and causing whatever that is. So there's always something underlining and it's important to reflect, you know, take a moment, reflect to understand these emotions that you're going through, really re-experience them. You know, why am I feeling this way? What What about this is triggering me? What what ways can I be different in this situation where I don't come off as an angry individual, you know? So mental health and emotional intelligence is vital to being a human being and vital to, you know, your life to understand how to move yourself through this journey and to, you know, really elevate other people along the way to educate them.
3: Absolutely. And, yeah. and, you know, it, the reality is that, you know, I talked about how uh, a little bit about my wife or mm-hmm. the lady who became my wife at the time. Uh, and I met and really it was, I wasn't for years. I was back when I was in New York, you know, dating, putting myself on online profiles, like all this stuff trying to seek out, like trying to make something work. Yeah. So I was so lonely and when i when i started my my emotional health journey my physical transformation journey i just rode the wave i was like whatever this is this is awesome i'm just going to let it happen and when that happened i was able to you know transform into a person that then became magnetic mm-hmm for the right person. And ultimately yeah. that's what ends up happening is we become magnetic, not just for, let's say a, a romantic relationship, but for friends, for, you know, maybe you guys met, right? There's an, an, a, a a common bond and attraction that you guys have to working with one another mm-hmm. because of what you believe that you have codified in the form of extraordinary being movement, right? Yeah. it's It's, but that doesn't happen Without us living into that vision of who we want to be intentionally, right? And um, as we start to do that, we do bring in different people into our lives, ones who, uh, ones who enhance uh, who we are and what we're trying to do.
1: If, if I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump in real quick and just say this: uh, you're, you're 100 right. We have to live into what we're doing and. And I feel like 2020 has shown a lot of the world that a lot of us are not practicing what we preach. And and, and, and speaking of that, right, I, I've been able to talk most of this podcast because my son keeps coming in and asking me, where's the remote? And, <laughs> and so I'm sitting here and we're talking about emotional intelligence, keeping ourselves calm and relaxed. And I'm sitting here like muting my, my mic and everything trying not to ruin the podcast. And here we are talking about being able to see the emotions, understand them, and move forward. And in my head, I'm like, "Wow, I'm about to lose my mind on the podcast <laughs> while we're talking about this subject." <laughs> and 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 so I haven't, I haven't. I'm being completely calm and relaxed. The Tom's like, "Now you go look for it. You'll find it eventually. But if I can't, then no TV. <laughs> that's not a bad thing. Actually, that's a good thing." And and so and so, um, I I really want. To, I would love to hear more about. How, how you're living into it, how, how you're helping others live into it with your five pillars. I, I really wanna know how that
3: works. Absolutely, so the, the five pillars, um, and this is partly uh, you know, assembled through my own experience and also through working with others and obviously the, uh, uh, the, the science that goes with it. Um, and I, I really boiled it down to, and it, it's not to say there are not other factors that influence your emotional health. But I found that when uh, the clients that I'm working with, when we optimize these five areas of their life, everything's different. It stays different. Mm -hmm. Life is better, right? So number one, uh, your psychology. And by this, I mean your established thought patterns and beliefs, the way you talk to yourself, uh, your history of trauma. Um, the stories about, you know, the facts of life that you grew up around. Uh, this is really personal development uh, is your willingness to step outside of your comfort zone to discover what patterns have been unconsciously running your life. This is your ability to create and live into uh, the vision of the person that you wish to be. That's number one. Number two is your relationships.
0: Mm.
3: Obviously, we've all heard you're the average of the five people and ideas you spend the most time with, Right. But it bears repeating because it's so important. Uh, if our relationships are sour with those five people or even one of those people uh, that we spend the most time with, our emotional health is going to suffer. End of story. That's just the way it is. Um, there's no way around it. So working on your relationships means addressing the pain points, right? It means uh, addressing the pain points through your significant other, or whoever else is close to you, um, means having conversations with your boss, your coworkers, to create an environment that's the most conducive to emotional intelligence and emotional resilience. Um, Really, it means releasing who you think you should be around them for them and embracing who you are uh, so that you can attract, like we said, the right people into your life. So that's number two is your relationships. Number three, uh, your nutrition. So you know, what does nutrition have to do with emotional health? It, it, a lot, actually, because uh, it, our our brain and nerve function, if it's if it's not operating at appropriate capacity, we're not going to feel well. It just and it's just we're not going to feel well. Uh, if we don't feel well, our emotional resilience is going to suffer. Right? Neurotransmitters are the compounds that aid in sending signals throughout our nervous system. So things like epinephrine, dopamine, serotonin, GABA, uh, the list goes on, right? What you may not know is that 90% of the neurotransmitters in our body Mm -hmm. come from our gut, 90%. So this gut-brain axis is a real thing. Um, And there are an estimated 100 trillion bacterial cells that live in our gut. Called the gut microbiota, we think, or you can hear as the gut microbiome. Technically, that's the DNA of all those cells, but we'll call it the gut microbiome. It's a little more colloquial, right? And these are responsible for, uh, you know, the uh, creating the compounds and regulating the compounds that we need for, you know, nervous system function, immune function. I mean, really, the list goes on. The we're just learning, starting to learn, the tip of the iceberg how important. Our gut microbiome is to our overall health. Those cells outnumber our own cells by a massive margin. So to take care of our gut microbes is to take care of our health, to take care of our emotional health. Um, so if we eat too many foods that harm those gut microbes, uh, you're going to lose the body function that those microbes provide. So diets that are high in refined sugars, fried fats, um, processed foods, uh, high in animal products uh, tend toward producing that suboptimal gut microbiome. But on the other hand, diets that are high in whole plant foods, insoluble fiber are really essential for a thriving uh, gut microbiome and therefore emotional health. That's number three, nutrition. Number four, your sleep and come on, let's be honest, high achievers were like, oh, sleep is for the week. I'll, I'll sleep when I'm dead, you know, and nothing, nothing could be farther from the truth. Um, sleep is like the first thing that goes out the window when we have a lot of things to do. And, and I totally get it because like during my undergraduate studies at Cornell, um, my freshman year, we had 30 weeks between two semesters. I pulled 37 all-nighters wow. that first year, 37. Wow. I went a hundred hours without sleeping once, right? All because I thought I didn't have time. That was the story that was running my life is I don't have time. Needless to say, my emotional health was not good at that time, right? It, it's just the way it, it was. Then I go to Goldman and I'm like, all right, I can't sleep four hours a night anymore, five. <laughs> right? Yeah. Six, mm-hmm. right? And so in my 20s, a lot of it was, again, five, six hours a night. Mm. Then in my 30s, I go to medical school, right? Now I'm like, okay, I need, I need at least six now. I'm getting older. That's why. That was the reason I gave myself. Not fully diving into the science behind why we need sleep. Uh, ultimately, now I am at the point where uh, I go to bed at nine o'clock, I wake up when my body wakes up, and then I adjust my work schedule and everything else and my my tasks around the waking hours that I have because nothing is more important than that sleep. You know, okay, eh, nutrition, whatever. But the point is that <laughs> the sleep cannot be cannot be uh, sacrificed. Um, you know, it, it's sleep is when our brains process the day's events. Sleep is. Uh, the period of time where uh, research is showing that the brain actually goes through some detoxification processes to eliminate waste products that accumulate uh, over the course of the day. Um, sleep is where we create long-term memories and those connections in our brains, uh, long-term uh, memories. So sacrificing sleep will catch up to you. And eventually it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when, and uh, if you want to end burnout, if you want to b- build emotional health, uh, p- sleep just has to be a priority. And number five is body uh, body movement. Uh, motion dictates emotion. I think we've probably all heard that. Um, and just think about it. Like how great do you feel after a workout? You know, the endorphins are running, the blood's mm-hmm. flowing, and um, your body and mind in those moments feel in sync. And isn't that what we're trying to be at all times? Shouldn't that be the case? Rather than living completely up here or living completely in your body and feeling disconnected. We want that connection. We need that blood flow. We need it, we need that in order to operate at the highest level. If you want to feel good, if you want to feel your best, there's no substitute for moving your body. Now, does that mean that you have to always, you know, work out in a certain way, whatever? You know, incidentally, if you look at the blue zone cultures uh, around the world, the longest lived populations, the populations with the highest percentage of centenarians, people that live to 100 years and beyond. Um, and you look at their physical activity. It's not that they're always working out at the gym. It's just that their bodies are constantly in motion. They are just over the course of the day, the, the physical work that they do for their jobs, um, walking uh, place, to and from places, not sitting as much, that constant motion tends to be what is also you know correlated with them living a very long time. So something as simple as like right now, I'm just, I have a standing desk, right? Mm-hmm. And I stand 90% of the day so that I can move around a little bit. I try to make a point of moving around, uh, you know, even uh, inside the studio, going outside, all that stuff, because we just need to be in motion. And then of course, uh, as far as exercise, like strength training is important, right? And just doing something that you enjoy. I mean, just, just make it fun, right? So body movement, the fifth pillar of emotional health. So your psychology, your relationships, nutrition, sleep, body movement.
2: You're bringing up stuff that when I started uh, analyzing a few different things during this, this, uh, this 2020 about did the research and realizing your gut, they consider it your second brain. And then on top of that is talking about optimal uh, uh, living your life optimally, making sure that you have uh, the proper nutrition so that you can go ahead and fight off any kind of diseases or anything that might happen uh, in your life. And the one thing that I read was the a lot of sugar intake in your body will go ahead and cause inflammation and you want to reduce the amount of inflammation in your body. So the thing that, that I started doing research on is what foods or what, what products that are out there. When you look at the food labels, that a lot of the stuff has the high fructose corn syrup. Bad for you. Your body can't digest that. And then just eliminating the sugar, and I think it's like for a male, I think it's like they said it's like 25 grams, or, or I think it's it might be 25 grams, or is it 30 30 grams or something like that per uh, that a uh, that a male and a female. I don't remember which one it was, but I always go with the 25. Of uh, the food that the sugar, when you look at like say protein, sometimes protein powders actually have like some sugars in there. Mm-hmm. I look at that, and then I kind of realize um, the other thing was eating to my blood type. Making sure that I'm eating food that is the lower glycemic index because I don't want to have the the spikes up and down. Because I've seen a lot with other people where they'll they get that mid morning crash, and they end up uh, getting a candy bar or they get a coke right. and then or get coffee and then you got the spike that goes down.
3: Yeah, and and you know what? So much of that boils down to is fiber again because there is a huge difference between drinking you know, like the sweetened apple juice with high fructose corn syrup versus eating an apple. You know, the old saying apple a day keeps the doctor away, keeps me away. Right. It's like, (laughs) but uh, part of the reason is that you're not just with the apple. You're not just consuming. Yes, there are fructose sugars in there. However, mother nature, all her wisdom, and we've adapted and evolved to match this, uh, the glycemic load is lower because because of that fiber the absorption is more gentle right mm. this is not having a coffee and dumping a bunch of sugar in it right this is this is a slow absorption along with a lot of other vitamins minerals phytochemicals phytonutrients that we are don't even know all the functions that they provide uh you know we're we're still learning so many of those things but when you look at you know, the big picture, it's just, so when when I'm working with clients, I'm just here, let's just make it simple. Get most of your stuff from the produce section, Mm -hmm. shop in the produce section, try to avoid things that come in boxes as much as possible. Not always. I mean, you're going to get, you know, some spices and things like that. Obviously fine. Right. If you want to get a, a nice, you know, local made hummus that doesn't have a lot of extra garbage in it. Great. You know, no problem with that. But, but my point is that, get most of your stuff from the produce. Now, granted, you know what that means? You got to cook. And trust me, if there's anybody that needed to learn how to cook, it was me. I set off off the fire alarm in college while boiling pasta. That was the extent of my culinary ability. All right. I I I have yet to, to spread chunky peanut butter on a slice of bread without tearing it, okay? That is the extent <laughs> of culinary skill. But still, you know, you, it, it's, it's really not that hard to chop up some, you know, some onions and some tomatoes, yes. get, some, get some mushrooms and put put some, uh, you know, some, some uh, Bragg's liquid aminos on there. Just let them marinate a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. want make a, You want to make a real wholesome dressing? Take some cashews, soak them a little bit, Maybe add a little probiotic if you got some time, let it ferment slightly, add some apple cider vinegar, some other spices to it, just to your liking. And now you have a creamy, delicious, you know, uh, dressing that you put on your your nice salad. Make food in bulk, have it in the fridge, Now don't buy crappy food to put in your pantry. Then what happens? You're working from home, you're hungry, what are you going to eat? You're going to make a good decision because... You have convenient options that are incredibly healthy right next to you and then you feel good about yourself right because your health feels better you're able to fight off you know the colds a little bit better and and all that good stuff and ultimately people start to know we talked about earlier like yeah not not everybody's going to get to move across the country to redefine themselves yeah but i've i've had my patients i've had my clients start making changes without telling their spouses right through the nutrition and then after a, a couple of weeks or a month, the spouse goes, no, you, you lost some weight. You look, you look really good. What have you been doing? Right. And now all of a sudden they're on board, right? Versus had they, you know, they told their spouse ahead of time, okay, we're going to change our diet. We're not going to eat anymore. It doesn't work. Right. But you can inspire people by your results.
2: Mm-hmm. Goes all the way. Yeah. So you're basically leading by example when you're doing something like that
3: absolutely Definitely. always lead by example
0: yeah
2: and i relate i
1: relate to this hardcore because i i'm not from the states and i grew up eating fresh food every single day all my life and constantly in the back of my head wishing i was in america so i could get some oreos and chips ahoy cookies cuz i thought that was like the epitome of like of human culture like god you know that's that's you always saw on the tvs everywhere and then i get here um, and I, 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 my first memory, cause I always flung back and forth to see my dad here and then go back home. I remember getting off the airport. I was like, I think I was four or five. And I told my dad, I'm so hungry. I need some food. And he, my dad drove me to Burger King. And this was the first time that my mom didn't come with me to the States. This, this, my dad gets to just keep me this time. And he goes like, you yeah, know, Burger King, the kids love it. It's fine. Just eat it. I threw up everywhere in the parking lot.
0: <laughs>
1: it was traumatic, it was hardcore, but I got used to the food over that time. But now, now I'm pushing my 30s, everything in my house is produce. We always cook dinner, we always sit down and eat it. And I'm just, it's like you said, the, 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 it's the food here, if you're not careful, if you're not educated, right? The food here will kill you, slowly. How do you go about with your clients, because I, I know you, you, you lead the way, but it has to be quite frustrating on your on your em- emotionally when you meet people who just can't get out of their own way to see the, the possibilities, the, the the other ways of living their lives. How do you deal with that internally?
3: Uh, you know, it's, it's really interesting you say that, um, because when I first went through that whole hundred pound weight loss journey, it was I was just discovering what you just said, right? Like, hey, If we just eat this way, we have the best chance. Listen, there's no guarantees in medicine. There's never a guarantee in medicine, right? How something affects you, it's not the way how it's going to affect me, not the same way it's going to affect Len, right? But we just want to give ourselves the best chance. So I was like, hey, why did you eat more whole plants? I'm like yelling from the rooftops, right? (laughs) And why is it so hard? And it's like, oh, yeah, I don't really, you know, why is it so? I couldn't understand. I couldn't understand because I had forgotten, truthfully, I had forgotten, how difficult it is when you don't live in wonder Mm. to make any of those changes, right? Because you don't believe, right? Beliefs lead to actions, right? Beliefs dictate the types of actions you take, conscious and unconscious. Actions lead to results that are appropriate to those actions and results reinforce those beliefs. If you don't have the belief that the food that you eat is going to transform your life, it doesn't matter what the diet recommendation is, people aren't going to do it. So, and what was, and I had to learn that lesson the hard way, because as I was pushing my own self outside of my comfort zone in medical school, incredibly, you know, stressful program, um, you know, we, we were, I mean, unbelievably stressful program. And on top of that, I was taking on more responsibilities, student government, other clubs that I was a part of because I didn't want to live small like I had lived in the past. So I was pushing myself outside of my comfort zone entirely the whole way while, you know, with the first very serious relationship that I had been in at that point, you know, that was lasting years now. And, and I, I was, I was uh, getting myself to the point that I was stressing myself out. I was straining my adrenals, and what ends up happening there is that even though I was eating vegan food, vegan doesn't mean healthy, okay? Whole plants is vegan, yes, but so is the coconut ice cream that you can get at Whole Foods, and that ain't <laughs> a health food, right? That's not good. That's not good for you. Sure, you want to have it once in a while, the, it's it's better than the the Ben and Jerry's dairy one, sure, whatever. Uh, it's still not something you want to have as regularly as I was having because um, I started honestly um, just looking at just, I, I've, I noticed that some of my coping mechanisms from the past were starting to come back. And I realized that, you know, food addiction was one of them. I didn't had quite realize how much of a big deal it was at that time. Anyway, my point being in all that is I had to then undo that aspect again, because I had regained some weight and everything else, but that journey, I needed to go through it because that was the universe telling me, showing me that you got to give people compassion wherever they're at. Yeah, you might want to, you might want to educate them, inspire them, everything, but everybody is on a journey for where they are. It's exactly where they need to be. The best thing you can do is to love on them, support them, be near them, right? With boundaries, because you got to protect yourself too right? If they're excessively negative, that sort of thing. And when they are ready, they come to you. When they are ready, it's like, what book was that 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 you wanted me to get? How Not to Diet? Okay, sure. I'll get that (laughs) one, right? So, or or that sort of thing. It it is so important. I mean, we're talking, anyone listening to this podcast, right? Anyone who listens to you guys regularly is always in that growth-oriented mindset. We probably wish everybody was, But I had to learn the hard way myself that we have to honor people where they are. And the best thing we can do is to just love on them and and be there for them so that, and believe in them, right? When they don't even believe in themselves. So that when they do hit that point of, hey, I gotta do something about this. I said earlier, rock bottom's a beautiful place. It can give you tons of opportunity to just turn that around. Right? It is an inflection point. If at that moment you're there to support them with the knowledge and wisdom of the nutrition and everything else, um, their life will never be the same, right? You just gotta you just gotta be there with them at that time and not try to want something for them that they're not ready for.
0: Mm. No, I, I absolutely love everything you've been saying tonight. Yeah, go ahead, Fred.
2: Okay, Dr. K, I, I have a question a lot of wisdom that you have in your life. Wanted to know life lesson, wisdom that you can go ahead and give to our viewers based on your experience.
3: Wow, I could you stump me there. There's so many <laughs> things that I want to say. There's probably a lot of things that I already have said that I would repeat. But ultimately, something,
0: something that just re- resonates.
3: I, I would, I would just say this. Um, I'll give you an example: visualization, right? Mm. What I did on that plane, I didn't realize it at the time, was a form of visualization. Our brain, if you they've done the research studies, if when you uh, ask a subject, a patient to think about a memory, and you hook them up to a functional MRI and you look at the parts of the brain that light up, olfactory centers, visual centers, everything else, it's not one part of the brain where memories live here. It's different parts of the brain that light up based on the experience. You ask them to experience a memory. Certain parts of the brain's brain lights up. When you ask them to imagine a situation, the same parts of the brain light up.
0: Mm.
3: Neurochemically, biologically, memory pretty equivalent to imagination. (laughs) So when we're talking about visualization, right? How many people are their lives dictated by their past? You know, my parents did this to me. That guy did this to me. That woman did this to me. Victim mentality, right? And I, I honor that. I honor the pain that they've been through and the things that shape. But the truth is this there are elements about yourself that are extraordinary. Everybody has skills that are extraordinary, right? Some might be monetizable skills. Some might be uh, maybe random pop, pop culture facts that, you know, that are great at a party, but they could probably figure out how to make something out of it on YouTube or whatever else, right? But point being that everybody has a skill, a superpower, several. And I guarantee you, you're talking about with comedians, right? how much of that superpower comes from their pain, right? How much of our superpowers come from our pain? If we can look at our past and say, hey, this happened, but what has my pain allowed me to do that I would not have been able to do otherwise? What has your pain allowed you to do that you would not have been able to do otherwise? You were shaped by that. So what if you could take that past those memories and say, these are the things that shape me into being great at these things. I honor that. I accept that. I'm grateful for that. These other things don't serve me anymore. And it's okay. I can make peace with that. And then to look at your future and say, this is the person I want to be. This is how I, the, the future version of me, the ideal self, this is how this person eats, thinks, the relationships. the the way we talk to others, the way we, all those things, we map it all out. And we start to visualize into that in our daily practice or meditation practice every morning, right? Now we cease to live in the reflection of who we were and we start to live in the vision of who we want to be because your imagination, your visualization is just as powerful as your memories. Make peace with your past, use the pain from your past to acknowledge the things that have made you great because of it, release the rest, live into the vision of who you want to be, and that's how you become an extraordinary being.
0: I absolutely love it. Tonight you have brought so much value to the show. We've talked about physical health, mental health, intelligence, emotional intelligence, and you even gave us ways to cook food. You gave us recipes to make some stuff tonight, which has definitely made me hungry, that's for sure. So I want to just thank you, Dr. K. You have really brought a lot to the show tonight. You have really lit it up. And that's why we love having guests like you come on the show because you just jam-pack tons of value. I know we can talk about stuff to the ends of time, but unfortunately our show is coming to an end this evening. But before we let you go, we want to we want people to get a hold of you. How can people reach out to learn more about you, your resources, and get some coaching from you?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, if you wanna uh, follow me on on social, uh, Instagram, YouTube, especially uh, just search my name, Doctor Karthik Ramanan, uh, emotional health mentor, um, and uh, you can go to my website, uh, drknmd, Doctor K, Naturopathic Medical Doctor, drknmd or if you're really interested in, hey, you know. Forget the, you know, the social media stuff. I wanna learn something, like get me in on a workshop so that, that I can really implement these things. Um, because it, by the way, you know, in, in my workshops, like here, we, we talked about a whole lot of things tonight. My workshops are a little bit more tactical, right? So let's, here are some assignments. Here's the accountability here are people that are walking this journey with you. It's a very community-driven experience. So if you wanna join uh, one of my upcoming workshops, check out what topics there are. You can go to emotionalhealthworkshops.com, emotionalhealthworkshops.com, and uh, hope to see you at one of my upcoming workshops.
0: Dr. K, this has been awesome, awesome show tonight. Fred, Chris, let's get some final thoughts. Let's go with Chris, what's some final thoughts from you?
1: Uh, and just, um, it's, it's just great that you're, you're out there. And I, I love the fact that you made that transformation from the way, well, cause like that's before you made that transformation, you were basically just another, another cog in the machine and and thank you for so much for getting out of that machine and actually making a difference, being an extraordinary being and, and educating people. And, um, last but not, not least, um, uh, thank you for the compassion that you're doing it with, um, I know it's not easy, especially when you feel so much about what you're doing. Thank you.
2: I wanna go ahead and say thank you so much, Dr. K, because you helped me realize one thing that's going on in my life, that my struggle is my superpower. Absolutely is.
0: There we go. Thank you again, guys, for having another great show. Dr. K, you're always welcome back as our friend. For more to so that we can share more of the knowledge that you have. For those wanting to know more about Dr. K, check out his website, his social media. He's a great person to follow. He puts out great content for you to take advantage of. Also, you can learn more about him on our website at the extraordinarybeingmovement.com. You can get some more information about Dr. K, listen to the show, along with many other amazing coaches that we have available to you. So for more information, check us out at the TheExtraordinaryBeingMovement.com. Other than that, we wish you the best and have a great night. We'll talk to you soon. Bye now.